I'm Ethan. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to EK Thinks. Thanks for joining me, stranger. Oh. And Kayla, I am. Yep. Kayla is being Yoda today, apparently. Um, yeah, welcome, welcome to the show. We, I want to put out a disclaimer that, uh, last episode, <laughs> it, I, I left halfway through, um, and made Kayla finish the show by herself. If you couldn't tell, I was trying to play both parts. <laughs> yeah, it was subtle, but, um, it actually was Kayla doing my voice for the yep. entire show. No, just kidding. Halfway through. <laughs> um, but someone asked, well, someone thought we were like, I was actually mad. And I just wanted to say that I was. <laughs> <laughs> He's furious. He was in a rage. Yeah, that's, you can probably, if you, if you've listened to a few episodes by now, um, you know, I am a very uh, passionate man with a temper. <laughs> so. Uh, that- I think that's the last thing people would describe you as. Well, we don't know. We don't know who listens to this show, so there's no way to tell. Um, but also, speaking how- of previous episodes, like all our episodes are pretty timeless. Like most of them, you could really listen to it any, any time. Um, you know, there's there's properties of journalism. One of them is uh, currency, and I don't think we're very currency based show. Like you could go listen to our interviews, and it would still apply. So check those out. They're pretty fun. Um, our episode today, though, is another comedy special. Ooh. Our guest today is Tyler Fowler, and he was really funny. He sent us a clip, and we laughed out loud, and that was a good... I was by myself when I watched part of it, and I laughed out loud, and then I yeah, watched it. Yeah, instead of Taylor. doing that, like, nose where you're, like... You know, like, I'm laughing so hard and you're just blowing air out of your nostrils. But he really, he really was funny. Yeah, he's got a good stage presence. So check out our interview with Tyler. Tyler Fowler, it is so good to have you with us. So Yeah, it's good to be here. uh, First, we just want to know, like, where you're from, what's your story, how did you get into stand-up? Oh, how I got into stand-up, good question. Um, I um, worked for a company that would pay for improv classes at the Second City here in Chicago. Um, so I took advantage of that because it was free. Um, and started, I was, I've always been a fan of comedy, loved comedy, watched comedy a lot, um, and kind of through a friend, I got roped into taking these free improv classes. And through that, started doing stand-up and fell in love with it. And it was all downhill ever since. Uh, and here we are. That's cool. And so um, are you doing this full-time now? That's I am. Yeah, that's, that, that is, I guess, the final piece to that saga is about five years after I started that, I quit my job to do a stand-up full-time. Um, which uh, the funny, I always joke that the funniest joke I told last year was I quit my job um, 30 days before the pandemic shut down every comedy club in the country. Oh, I was like, we're doing it, stand up, here we go. And then like literally 30 days to the day later, uh, the world was like, no, you're not. You have to stay home. Uh, Psych. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how does your family like 
were they all supportive of that? Yeah, uh, luckily very supportive. Uh, definitely. Like my mom is definitely worried uh, <laughs> that I'm going to be like uh, end up living out of a car uh, <laughs> or something like that. But um, and she's always, especially when the pandemic hit, like she was very like, uh, she's like, are you saving money? Is everything okay? I'm like, it's fine. Like it's, it's I don't have like, uh, you know, I'm not going to be living in a tent quite yet. I, you know, I just quit my job. Um, so supportive, but nervous, I think is the, which is good. It, make, it keeps me on my toes. Um, we spoke a little bit earlier. Are you still, you're in Austin? Is that where? Uh, I'm back in Chicago, actually. Oh, I was in, in Austin for a couple of weeks. Yeah. How was the Austin scene? <sighs> incredible uh, truly i think i'm an idiot for leaving like i i drove home from austin into a blizzard in chicago and i was like why did i do this what was the point uh austin was awesome i mean the city and the weather are are enough good on their own but the comedy scene was cool it's, it's like just blowing up right now uh it feels like uh yeah there it's having a, a huge moment while i was there all i every day just met tons of people who were moving there from like new york la san francisco like all yeah. over and a lot of people just visit and like within a day they're like yep i signed a lease like i'm coming <laughs> wow which is crazy yeah they're more open than most places aren't you yeah um i don't know if you, you guys have heard there's no COVID 19 in texas they don't even believe in it there's zero uh wow. good for them well, uh, like we're moving <laughs> yeah well the Power one nice of... thing is like everything in austin because the weather's so nice is kind of built to be indoor outdoor so there is a lot of stuff austin's interesting too because like most of texas seems to not care a ton like stuff's just open but austin is like this kind of liberal hub so they people they care like enough they like, want you to wear a mask and everything's outside but then you get like five minutes outside the city they're like get in here who cares <laughs> sit right on next to me <laughs> right yeah breathe on me let's kiss on my food <laughs> yeah oh that's funny cool so you you had a uh I don't want to say a rough start, but uh, circumstances you started in quickly became rough. Yeah. So what did you do to adapt to that? Like what, what kind of things uh, you've done some outside shows, it sounds like in Austin, what other things have you done? Yeah. Um, whether I'm proud of it or not, a lot of zoom shows, a lot of stuff <laughs> online. Um, and uh, the one nice thing I think it actually helped me was like, I always, I performed a ton, uh, cause there's lots of shows in Chicago, lots of open mics. Like I was performing every day. Uh, but I wasn't great at like writing a lot. And when the pandemic shut everything down, it's like, that's all I could do uh, for standup is write. So it forced me to like get in a good practice of like writing every day. Uh, and I've kept that up pretty well. And like, hopefully it'll maintain after the world opens up again. Um, so that was a big help to me. And then, yeah, doing a lot of, a lot of Zoom shows, weird gigs, outdoor stuff. Uh, like, yeah, just the weird, it was a year of like very weird gigs, uh, but uh, all of it helps. I feel like it, you, you get a little bit better every time. So. That's cool. And so as our country and world, whatever starts to get vaccinated, things go back to normal. What are you looking forward to as far as standup goes? Are you just looking for the good old days? Are you going to yeah. do, you know, some of the good old days, some of like this new stuff you've been trying? Yeah, I'm excited. I feel like, um, hopefully uh if everyone gets vaccinated in a reasonable amount of time which uh is proving not to be as easy as we would have thought uh yeah. that uh once everything opens up again i think it's going to be just like a renaissance of live entertainment like people are sick of sitting at home we've watched everything on netflix all the hopefully all the shows and comedy clubs will be full people want to uh, i was talking to another comedian about this it's like being at a comedy show is directly the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing this year like it's inside with a bunch of strangers close by you're breathing on each other, laughing, spitting in the air. It's like, what could be less of, and it's happy. It's like, we're at home having this drab year of like, don't,
and being next to people. And it's like, let's go in a basement. I'll breathe each other's spit. Like that is, <laughs> could not be more of the opposite. So I'm hoping people are attracted to that. Like, yes, take me back to a world where I can breathe someone else's spit. Uh, and I'm just, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, and we saw it a little bit over the summer this year in Chicago, like when stuff for like outdoor stuff first started happening, people were just wanted to get out of the house. So they were like, yeah, I'll come to a comedy show in the park. I don't care. Like, let's, um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping there will be a lot of like opportunity to perform and like work stuff out. And, um, yeah, hopefully it'll be, uh, it can only get better from here. Yeah, that's very true. That's kind of my thinking with, uh, a lot of entertainers, like, I have to assume anybody who either canceled a tour or has been wanting to go on tour is going to go on tour. So we're yeah. going to have just a booked out, hopefully summer, maybe fall, but like yeah. of people out touring. So, you know, not that now is great, but it's going to get better. Yeah, we have that to look forward to for sure. So what is your most embarrassing story? of telling comedy most Maybe. embarrassing story well how much time do we have um, <laughs> all the time you need <laughs> let's, let's, hey, let's just let's just make this your most embarrassing moment. <laughs> so i did this podcast and, um, the guy takes me back <laughs> yeah it's um there are, are I, i've said that I, I do a lot of very weird gigs like i have done birthday parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, retirement parties, uh, retirement homes are usually really bad. <laughs> Middle school assembly, pretty bad. Um, uh, but one of the worst was I did a retirement home and um, a guy died while during the show, uh, not even the showroom, but while we were there, a guy dies. And I would love to be able to say that him dying sucked the energy out of the room and there was none left to suck. These people were <laughs> just zero. Like they're wheeling him out and I wanted to be like, you might want to come back and check. I think there's more. Like these people are, and they are, like I get that they're, they're old. This wasn't their idea to bring in a comedian, but like they're not, not really capable of like uh, audible laughter. So you're just kind of talking at them, which feels terrible. <laughs> Um, person dies but even worse is usually when like someone books you for a terrible gig at least the person whose idea it was to hire you is like trying to make it they're trying to laugh and be like haha aren't we all having fun like isn't this a good idea I had not, not even that to the point <laughs> where like it got to the point where people started filing in the back of the room like janitors and like people who worked in this facility and I was like okay maybe they're coming to watch this show word had just got around the building of how bad I was bombing that people were like, you got to go check this out. Oh. So like their friends oh, that work no. there, the guy from the kitchen comes in, pokes his head in, is like, oh, this guy's really eating it. And it goes back to cooking <laughs> lunch or whatever. And uh, oh. so yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But even worse was as soon as it was over, I was like, if they wanted to do this again in a month for the same money, I'd come back immediately. <laughs> oh, how dear. I knew I had sold my soul. <laughs> very good. So I feel like very... Okay, uh, well-known comedians tend to have like a niche where they do, if you listen to, you know, multiple of their shows, it's similar jokes, a similar cadence and stuff like that. So first I want to know, do you have a niche? Do you have like a, like, you know, a, ty a type of comedy routine that you tend to go to and kind of refresh and over, over and over? Or do you really branch out and we'll go, I want to hear that first. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, you kind of want to be able to write for anything, but I think you would, like, the easiest way to be original is to do stuff that's, like, personal or, like, that makes sense to you. So I try and be, like, I think the, the three words that describe a lot of what I do is, like, observational, clean-ish, and self-deprecating. 
a uh, lot, lot of, a lot of, because I try to be, it comes from a place of insecurity of being like, I don't want you to ever be mad at a joke that I told. And if it's about me, you can't be mad. So here it goes. Like, yeah. um, but so I feel like a lot of stuff that I do like leans into that ends up being that way. But it, it just like after years of writing all these different jokes, it becomes like, okay, yeah, maybe that's what a lot of the patterns are starting to show. You hate yourself quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> well, and I'm sure too, like you get, feedback maybe even indirectly of just people are like oh you you they like the show and so you'll kind of be like oh well that was a good joke i can make it a little better and you kind of stick with it and totally yeah it. yeah and if a joke doesn't get a laugh it's gone it's like man if uh <laughs> if you guys didn't like that i don't like it either uh I'm... you're right that was bad next yeah, joke. <laughs> you guys are right I'm, I'm dumb i'm so dumb you're right why yeah. did i bring it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so what have been some of your stand out great you know we asked for an embarrassing story what's like a good mm. experience or a few that you've had while doing stand-up oh good question it's so much easier to decide the hard one the bad ones uh, <laughs> <laughs> they stick out a little more yeah yeah for sure um that's a good question i'm trying to think of maybe something recently or really there was one day over the summer like stand-up had really kind of shut down due to the pandemic and then during the summer and like fall there's a lot of outdoor shows and stuff like that and for the first time like since the pandemic started um i had like three shows in one night which was like just a rush of the old world like felt like the old days i got to do like some new material stuff i hadn't really worked on yet my first like day of like going out doing stand-up since i'd quit my job and i was like oh it just feels so good to be you're seeing your like friends again other comedians you get to like you know try a joke three times in one night uh, and that definitely gave me a boost of like okay this is why we do this yeah for sure uh now i just gotta hang on uh, another eight months until we can do it again uh. <laughs> all right so tyler where can people find some of your work yeah uh the best place is i am at underscore tyler fowler on instagram and twitter uh also you could just google me i have a website and clips and videos and stuff on youtube but um instagram would be fun if you guys want to be buddies on there Absolutely. And I will um, attest to this because I have kind of a, a litmus test where usually we, a comedian will say, Hey, I'm interested in the show. They'll send a clip. I watch the clip and um, only a few clips have gotten me to laugh out loud by myself while watching it. And the one you sent me did in fact make me laugh it out loud. So oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Us. I appreciate that. Yeah, so much. Cause I will fun. watch that clip now and be like, what the hell is he doing up there? <laughs> Especially because that's like pre-pandemic. So it's getting a little old now. And it's like at the time I was like, this clip is so great. Now I watch it and I'm like, who let me do that? <laughs> Why did I quit my job? <laughs> yeah, it's not, right, exactly. I'm like, this was the guy. This It's like, it's a totally like like pre-pandemic confidence to be like, oh yeah, this is, I'm going to do stand-up. So it's nice to see to someone who hasn't seen it a hundred times that it still is funny. <laughs> it still is funny, yes. <laughs> yes. It was a very good, so we'll, um, in our show notes, we'll post the link to the episode we saw. And then that'll get people, yeah, like you said, um, what was your Instagram? Sorry. At uh, underscore Tyler Fowler. Okay. Perfect. I do have one more question. What is it? What is your advice for like, I guess any type of comedian or like new coming comedians yeah we're we're, we're, we're trying to jumpstart Kayla's career. So yeah. Um, is that real? You're, you're trying to do stand up? No, no, I just think I'm oh. really funny, but you should. <laughs> 
That was a joke. That was my first joke. Didn't land. Back to the drawing board on that joke. Yeah. Bit, it's too believable. Is it? yeah. It's too believable. You are too funny. Of course you would be. And a lot of people, that's the thing, like stand up, the barrier to entry is low. So anyone can be like, yeah, I do stand up now. That's it. That is, that is a, a thing. I guess one of two pieces of advice. One thing I always say to people is like, you just have to do it. It's like one of those art forms that's like living. You have to, uh, do it a bunch of times in order to like get better at it or like you don't have to worry about I used to when I first started worry about saying the same jokes over and over again at open mics I'm like wait that's that's what you have to do like the whole thing is repeating jokes that's how they get better um so definitely I feel like don't be afraid of doing that um the other thing is that it took me a while to realize is like no one calls you one day and is like you are a comedian now <laughs> comedy central isn't like we've updated the roles you're in like you made you it <laughs> You have to kind of opt in. So it's like, if, if you're doing stand-up, like, you're like, yeah, I'm a comedian. That's it. This is what I do now. Yeah, yeah I think we kind of felt that with um, podcasting because yeah. we like, we just chose to be podcast hosts. <laughs> we all yeah. podcasters. You mean, we you mean some... iTunes didn't call you? Like, hey, we're going to need another podcast. <laughs> like, all right. We're, we're pretty low. Pandemic made it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're, we're running low. We, because we, there's like, you know, like a platinum record or silver we're we decided we're all the way down at tortilla like, <laughs> we needed to update itunes uh tracking record but we're doing, i think we're doing pretty good we no, are. it is fun though because i think a uh, stand-up comedian has a certain uh just just a self-confidence that you i mean i'm sure you have it naturally and then you build it obviously but that you know i don't i don't think i could go stand up in front, in front of a bunch of strangers. But the idea of talking to someone and then letting a bunch of strangers listen somehow is okay for me. And I don't know if it's because I don't see them or really interact with them because they're sure. like, I, I don't know them. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. We can, I consider myself like a sit down comedian. Like there's less yeah. pressure on me. Um, as we know, I can mess up and just chop that out. And <laughs> no one has to know. Yeah, I feel like the secret is that like you you could get used to it. Like almost anyone could get used to it. Like if you do it enough times, it's like it's it's like anything where you, you just become desensitized to it. You're like, yeah, people watching me talk, or like after you bomb at enough bar mitzvahs, nothing matters. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't never think to hire a comedian for a yeah, you would think that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like in, in some way, I really appreciate it. Like people wanting to buy comedy and hire comedians to do stuff. There are definitely situations where someone will hire you and it's like, this was a mistake. Uh, this is not, not <laughs> this the is event not for the... it. The first, the first bot mitzvah I did, terrible mistake. It's like, these kids did not want this at all. The parents didn't either actually. And they're just like, yeah, do a half hour. And I'm like, great, uh, no one's gonna like it. Yay. Uh, including me, but, <laughs> uh, but sometimes um, it's a lot of fun and either way it, it pays the bills. So we'll do it. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> So I'm curious, has this year, and maybe it's hard to judge because of uh, COVID, but has this year being a comedian changed your outlook on life? I was just wondering, because, you know, comedy, laughing brings people so much joy. And so from being on the the giving side of that, do you have you recognized the change in yourself? Interesting. Um, nah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it definitely feel, you can feel it now you it used to be like this but more so now than ever like whenever you do could do in-person shows or whatever people there is a sense of relief because it has been a very bleak time for everyone that people a lot of people being like after shows like i really needed this or like we just needed something to laugh about or like it, there is this general sense of relief which feels which feels nice um and it's good to it's good to perform to people that are eager to have that um, there are not, I think even the before world, you could end up in a situation where it's like, uh, you're doing a bar show. Half the people aren't there for the show. They're kind of angry at you for having <laughs> to sit through the show. Um, now people are like, oh my God, other people. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Uh, oh, is, <laughs> very nice. They're like, oh, I want to listen to what this guy says. All I've been listening to is my own thoughts. I love this. Uh, um, that's cool. That is super cool. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll be sure, like we said, check our show notes. You can find more of Tyler's info and have a good day. Thanks gang. And we're back. Um, was there anything to fax checks there? I don't know. Ethan told me how to be quiet, so I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. You're doing the episode by yourself again. <laughs> Stop. Oh my. So there was nothing to fax checks unless we fax check where he actually is living. Well, and like he said, that guy died during his his thing. I guess there's I guess you could fact check anything, but Maybe we'll fax checks if he was the reason the guy died or if there's the guy a lot of stuff died. out of our control. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I guess Tyler could have just lied the whole time. We wouldn't know. I don't think he did, though. Well, now that we've had our interview with Tyler, I wanted to take some time and connect with you and see how you're doing. What's on your mind? I have things on my mind if you want me to go first. If you if you don't have anything on your mind right now, your <sighs> mind is just a empty vessel. Literally floating for through the first time sea. it is. So, yeah, what do you have on your mind? This isn't the first time. That I have nothing on my mind? I ask you in the car all the time what you're thinking about, and you just go, nothing, nothing at all. Usually I'm thinking about the mountains or some car that I saw. Oh, well, that's... Okay. Well... That's not important, though. What are you thinking about? That blue stupid Mazda. Yeah, Kayla's anti-Mazda. Um, I'm pro-Volkswagen because I drive a, blo- a Volkswagen, but... Other than that, I don't have a lot of preference. Okay, well, glad we connected. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, one thing that I think is on both of our minds is the Utah Jazz. Are killing it. We are the best team in the league, and finally our numbers show it. (laughs) Yes, I've known it for years. Yeah, we're from Utah. We love our home team, and... They are now getting some some big national recognition. Uh, so we thought we should just break down the players of the Jazz. Um, I'll let you go first because I know you've got your favorites. My favorites in order? I can't put them in yeah, order. Yeah, we're not putting them in order. That's not fair. They might get upset with us. Well, I don't know why you didn't say that. Joe is always my favorite, though. Yeah, who's Joe? All right, so Joe is my favorite. And... Every time I hear him, like, on the fight, fight for five, five for fight. Yeah, five for the fight. Yeah, commercials. And he goes, 
Pie for the pie. And his Australian accent throws me every time. But I think I really connected with him because I just don't think he'd be it. He just does not seem like a basketball player. Like, if I just saw him on the street, he'd be like, that's a tall guy. And I'd think nothing more of it. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy's going to drop 27 points on a, yeah, another NBA like, he team. just looks like a tired dad, but I freaking love it. Except the past couple of games, he doesn't look as tired. He's looking younger somehow. Yeah. He had a baby. Maybe that's it. But that seems to be the reason you look older. Anyways, was it last year? There was, when was, like, he was playing, like, he would be the starter. Mm. I think it was last year or the year before that they started playing him off the bench. And that seemed just to, like, help him so much. Yeah, he's been playing off the bench, and he, he's incredible. He's an incredible three-point shooter, and he also can move the team really well. I really like that he usually picks up a technical foul within the first, like, five minutes of the oh, game. Yeah. Like, he he trash talks, and... Um, and it's so funny now that um, there's not so much people there, so you can actually hear them. Yeah. So you can sometimes pick up Joe saying something. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> so, some of our other players... That, I mean, we love all our players. It's It's one of the things in a small market where, like, we're just... Well, okay, that's not true. We are... We don't... I, We've had players we don't like. But I think this team, I don't really have any players I don't like this year. No, I really like them all. And it helps that everyone's just playing exceptionally well. But yeah. um, it's part of the thing of being on a small market team is we, you know, we're, we're happy with the players we get. And we've been really lucky with who we've got. So just really quick, we've got like three point guard slash shooting guards that are pretty exceptional. So Donovan Mitchell... Mm-hmm. I think this is his fourth year. Incredible. Uh, yeah, in, incredible. Like, he, his career will be amazing, and I hope it's with Utah. Um, he's, you know, really good scorer. Just, it seems like if he wants it, he, he gets it. It's hard to right. stop him. Um, but he's playing really good, like. He's good at, like, watching the court, too, you know, like. Oh, Rudy's yeah. a little shifted than where he, you know, like. He's mm-hmm. just really good at knowing where his players are yeah he's got really you know this year especially really good passing skills and oh yeah doing a lot it's um, inc- like the one last night what he like underhanded it to yeah he'll just like no look underhand it to the yeah, player get and, it there perfectly yeah he played baseball actually and you oh, can tell I forgot he, about that he throws super hard and super accurately uh-huh. so that's cool um we've got mike conley who played i think like 10 years for the memphis grizzlies and had a rough start last year as well as some injuries on top of that. But this year, he's just playing, like, out of his mind. He's really meshed with the team. Um, his nickname is Mountain Mike. Like, he adopted a new nickname when he got here. Oh, that's funny. That was just respectable off the uh-huh. bat. Um, he, he wins this. Uh, this was new to me. He wins an award, I think, last year of, like, basically, like, nicest player in the league. Oh, that's funny. I did like, not know that. Yeah, he's totally just a super good dude and is just runs our offense crazy well. I think this is it's a different than how he's played in Memphis, but I think this is one of his best careers just because he's helping the team win so much. And then we have Jordan Clarkson, who he's been around the league a little bit. He was with 
the Lakers kind of core that broke up. Um, he was in Cleveland for a little bit, and we traded him for like two draft picks and a injury prone player. And Jordan Clarkson is now like probably he's easily the front runner for sixth man of the year, which is the the best player off the bench. Like last night he scored forty points in thirty minutes of playing. Which is incredible too because he was the one that had the tight hamstring, wasn't it? No, that's Conley. Dang it. Conley's out. I knew I was gonna do that. No, that's okay. Conley's sitting a few games. He's seems like he because that, that was what took him out last year for a couple of games was a like aggravated hamstring. So Conley's been sitting like four <laughs> or five games. But the Jazz have won nineteen of their last 20 games. The only game they have lost was to the Denver Nuggets, who are our new rivals because the Rockets don't have James Harden, and he used to be the Rockets were our big rivals. And now that, you know, Harden's left, needed a new rival, and guess who kicked us out of the playoffs last year? It was the Denver Nuggets. Guess who messed up our potential 20-game win streak? The Denver Nuggets. So Which I'm like, how do you lose to a team named the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nugs. Come on. <laughs> the Denver McDonald's Chicken Nuggets. If you're in Denver, good for you. You have a great team that keeps beating the Jazz, but uh, no more. We're sick of it. <laughs> tell them to stop. Um, But yeah, I don't know. And so then, oh, tell us about... You have another player who's critical to the team that you love. Favors. What about Rudy, though? Oh, I thought we talked about Rudy. We didn't talk about Rudy yet. Oh, we talked my about bad. Eagles. My bad. Rudy? Rudy. <laughs> I talked about, like, half the team. I thought you'd instantly go to Rudy. <laughs> you did not even think about Favors, so. Well, I, I was just kind of going in, like, descending order of... Like in starter. descending order. Well, Favors doesn't start. Neither does Joe when he was the first one we talked about. First one that you talked about. All right, talk about Rudy. <sighs> Rudy, where do I begin? Rudy. <laughs> yeah, start with the song. We'll have the opening <laughs> musical number. <clears throat> no, he's just incredible. Like... He's had such an amazing year this year. I think it just finally clicked. He's just... Oh, I mean, because he had, not last season, but two seasons, the two seasons previous to last season, he was the defensive player of the year. Yeah. So our whole system of the Utah Jazz is based around Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Rudy Gobert on defense. Right. And yeah, like Kayla said, he's having just a crazy good year this year. Yeah, just focused and like... I don't know what clicked or snapped or what, but he, I don't know. They're just all working together so great, and I love it. I love watching them. Yeah, and it's cool, too, because usually with, a, with like, a we're a super high three-point shooting team, and usually when you get that, okay, so, so last year, um, the Houston Rockets traded away their center. Their tallest player was, like, six, uh, seven, I think, P.J. Tucker. And so their whole plan was just, we're just going to shoot a lot of threes. And they did. And one of their games, they shot like 
it was like 10 of 40 or something. I don't know. It was crazy. Like, they did not shoot very well. And so it's kind of like live by the three or die by the three. But with the Jazz, it's interesting because we're shooting a lot of threes. And, but that's not the only way we are scoring or impacting the game. And so we've had some games where we, I think we, so we beat the 76ers in our most recent game, depending on when you listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I think we were like two of 15 from three to start. So like not very good. No, that wasn't the Sixers. I'm sorry. But there was a game where we started off really, really low and it was against the Heat actually. So quick facts checks for you. Started off really low and, but we stuck with it. And they were just able to adapt, and then the three started going in, and we, like, destroyed. <laughs> We've won most of our games by double digits. Yeah. Some by, like, 20-plus. And there's, like, every game, they're like, the Jazz broke this record. The Jazz mm-hmm. broke that record. So, now if you're listening to this, you're... What about favors? Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, my oh and, and Bogdanovich. Are you kidding me? I wasn't trying to exclude them. I was just talking in general where the conversation was going. It was not going in the direction that you sent it. Okay. Talk about favors. Let's hear it. No, we have to hear your side of favors because clearly... I'm right all the time. Fine, but... Ending! Well, I wasn't going to talk about everyone. Okay, so... We, okay, well, we don't have... No, 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 rest of our players. So we have Bogdan. No, we have Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, Boyan They're Bogdanovich. not to be confused with Bogdan Bogdanovich, who were, plays for Atlanta, and they have exactly the same name except for a G and a J. Yeah, and no... I guess no Like, e. relation. Yeah, no relation. Um, both from Croatia. That's interesting. So uh, Bogdanovich is really good shooter. Like he'll have games where he makes like seven or eight three pointers a game. Yeah. Um, and a good defender, I think. Like he, you know, he 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 works hard. And my favorite thing, actually, so the, not a lot of fans in the stadium, so you can hear the players better, and. He just, anytime he goes up for a layup and gets fouled, he just, like, screams. And I don't know if it's, like, to get the ref's attention, but I really respect it. It's so fu- It's like um, R2-D2 in Star Wars, and he yeah. falls off a cliff or anything, and he's like... <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. We love it. And, uh, yeah, I, I now it sounds like I've been discrediting Derek Favors, but Derek Favors played for Utah, like, most of his career, and we traded him. For the 2019-2020 season to the Pelicans. And it was interesting because on Twitter, he would occasionally like posts that were like, let's get you, let's get favors back to Utah. And like, yeah, so people were like, oh, is he interested? Um, he became a free agent so he can sign wherever he wanted to. And he came back to Utah. And he uh, he took a pay cut, I think. I think he could have got some more money if he went to a team, you know, a different team where he would have started. And he usually comes off the bench. But he has been such an awesome addition because he is a starting caliber level player. 
but he's playing usually against bench. You know, he's part of the bench squad. So our bench squad consists of Jordan Clarkson, who is playing out of his mind, uh, Joe Ingles, who is playing in the minds of other people. He <laughs> plays mind games, and Derek Favors, uh, starting caliber center. So we're a really deep team, and I just hope that Okay, like everyone wants their team to win the finals, and I would freaking die if we made the finals. But I also understand the Lakers are a good team, and if if you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, good for you guys. Lakers are gonna kick your butts. Um, you know, maybe that's true. They haven't played yet, and I've always had the the feeling that with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, we can match up better against the Lakers than people give us credit for. Um, Anthony Davis just got injured and I do wish him well, you know, I did as a fan, I guess I'm no longer to the point where I like, well, I don't know. I just, I want everyone to succeed and, you know, I'm happy when players do. And so I hope that his injury isn't too bad, even though that would, uh, change a potential matchup against them. So there's our little Utah jazz. Did I miss anything that you wanted to talk about? Uh, we have a player on the bench, George Nyang. The minivan. The minivan. His nickname is the minivan. And I don't understand why, but, you know, he's 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 having a good season, too. He's a good shooter, and he's been playing really good defense. So. Yeah. Now I don't, I think I got everyone that mostly plays for our team. So. Well, there's still O'Neal. Dang it, Royce O'Neal. Oh, my gosh. And he's, wow, it's, you go through your list, and you're like, we have some good players. But, okay, Royce O'Neal, he starts. And he is an incredible defender and then also has been seeming more confident with his scoring. And he, you know, he's really worked on his three-point shot. And so it's just crazy. He's he's the one that will guard, um, you know, other, re- really their best player he usually guards, unless it's a center. Like, he's he's good on the perimeter, so guarding people that shoot threes. So he'll have to guard Kevin Durant on a night. Um, he'll guard, you know, some of the other shooting guards in the league. So he's pretty incredible, and he's like again, he could probably make a lot of money somewhere else. But we're we're glad to have him. I hope he's happy to be here. I do too. That's always what I hope for the Jazz. Like Donovan signed a big extension this summer. Rudy signed a big extension this summer, and you know it is. I mean, to, to an extent, I, I know money is important to these players and they, you know, they deserve it for what they bring in. But I hope that the uh, anytime someone slanders them on Instagram or Twitter, it just makes me so angry. I'm like, you're, you're going to drive away our stars. Donovan's really. going to read this comment. So I always comment something nice <laughs> when I see slander. You're amazing. We yeah. love you. We do love our jazz. We do. All right, let's transition. Um, what have you... <laughs> have you been reading? And if so, what have you been reading? And what have you been watching? I know mm. you watch everything with me, so I'll let you decide what you want to talk about. Well, I have been reading textbooks. Good. And it's horrible and I hate it. <laughs> and I haven't had any, like, I just finished All-American on Netflix, like, right before school started. That was really good. What's that about? I really don't really know. Like, I you watch it on your phone, so I don't really see. Yeah, so it's a football. It, it's 
it's inspired by a true story. And so it's just like about this um, black community. And it it's just really interesting to watch just because, like, I've been... My eyes have been open to, like, a lot of the, like, problems that are actually going on. Mm-hmm. And it's so, been a big, a big summer of <laughs> yeah, opening your opening, eyes. Yeah, so, like, just a lot of things like that kind of, like, shows you how they're treated or, like, why it's a bigger issue than people make it out to be. Or, like, I know, like, with the whole, not... We're not going to have a political podcast, but, like, with the whole Black Lives Matter and everything, you know, people are like, well, all lives matter. And that's true. But, like, just kind of watching this, I was like, yeah, all lives do matter. But the problem right now is that black lives are being treated less than yeah, like as if they don't the rest matter. of our lives. And yeah, so, issue. like, that's... So then I was just kind of thinking, I'm like, well, yeah, all lives matter, but... Right now, we need to make sure that all lives are mattering. But anyways, it was just really good. And it didn't make you, like, feel bad or anything. But it was just, like, good to see it from good eye-opening. Yeah, just to, like, see. And that's based on a true story, you know. So that was really good. But me and Ethan also started watching WandaVision. And, oh, my gosh. Not so. It comes out every Friday. And I seriously get so anxious to watch it, which... Is there a good kind of anxious? I don't know, but it is. Yeah, like I hold my breath during the show and it was interesting. So like if you saw trailers for it, if you haven't seen it yet, I guess skip ahead to for this podcast. We won't ruin too much, but um, you know, you they released a bunch of advertisements and there was episode. It looks like a sitcom, but from different periods. So yeah, you so got like, like a 50s, the 50s and 60s yeah, and just every decade. But I did not think it was going to be, one, as good as it is, and two, as intense. So maybe we'll leave it at that so we don't ruin it for those who haven't seen it. But Yeah, but 10 so out of 10, good. recommend. Yeah, along with, uh, you know, another successful Disney show that has got us interested. We just finished season two of The Mandalorian. Yes. So good. Love like, it. One of, I think one of the best things Star Wars has put out. I mean, I love Star Wars. If we start talking about Star Wars, this is going to be a couple hours long podcast, but I just really uh, respect the people that look at Star Wars and say, what can we make out of this? So like the Mandalorian to me is like a very like a Western where you've got the kind of anti-hero going around doing stuff and, you know, you, you really just got pretty good characters and good story. So yeah, it's, it's been, been exciting. Really good. So. What about you? What have you been reading? So, in my spare time, I have been reading a biography, uh, I guess a memoir, memoir of John Brennan. He's a former CIA director, and I think most people kind of, I don't know, I think most people are a little critical of the CIA because they're <laughs> guilty of doing things that most people would consider amoral and usually it's like you know it's like well it's they it's for the greater good and for some people for the greater good has a line there's a line you shouldn't cross and uh in 
the minds of a lot of citizens. The CAA has crossed it in the past many times. So, um, but I started this book because I wanted to get a different perspective, I guess a better perspective from someone in the CIA. And I heard an interview that he did and just some of the things he said really clicked with me. And uh, he talks about like, yeah, we, he's like, I, I know we had that reputation and um, kind of his desire to change that and to do things in a better way. I was like, oh, I really respect that. And so that's what I've been reading is his memoir. Uh, and I, is my book over there? Can you read the title? It's called Undaunted. Undaunted. And uh, so that's, I'm halfway through and it's just about his life. And so I've enjoyed it. It's, it's a interesting experience that he's had. And I think it's one thing that I don't really ever consider is that, that, that he brought up. He's like, you know, we, what's on public display are things that went wrong. So if you're hearing about something that the CIA did, it's usually because something bad happened. And he's like, you know, we, that happens, but there's also a lot of good that we do and things that we prevent from happening. I was like, oh, that's, that's true. Like, it'd be interesting to read all that classified information. So right. that's what I've been reading. And I don't think I'm watching anything without you. Um, yeah, I, I just haven't been watching a lot of TV lately. Not that yeah. I don't waste a lot of time in other places, but. Not that TV's a waste of time. That's where I'm at now. All right. Well. Oh, also, we are changed since we know that you guys base your weeks off of how, what day our podcast comes out. Mm-hmm. We are changing our podcast day to, from Tuesday to Wednesday. Yeah, the uh, the market for Tuesdays was a little saturated. Um yeah. We want to, this is going to change our lives and your lives, obviously. So yeah, check out our show now on Wednesdays. But again, our episodes are timeless. You can listen whenever and it'll still, still touch your lives in a beautiful way. Yes. Oh, we've also been uh, exploring the outdoors via (laughs) ski and snowboard. So how has that been going for you? Great. I love it. This is, I've gone three times, mm-hmm. not you including, ski. I ski, yeah. Not including the one time I went in the fourth grade, but I feel like an old lady. Like literally, I cannot move today. I am so sore. Like I bend over to pick something up and I'm like, oh, my back. Yeah, we're, uh, we're feeling it in our joints. So I snowboard. I, uh, I snowboarded in high school and then stopped for some shoulder problems I was having. But then, you know, I got it taken care of and I'm back. But back and better than ever. Back and better than ever. Because I, like, I was going with my friends and I never, they're like, all right, let's go to the top and, like, go do the harder stuff. I was like, all right. But I think because of that, I never learned it something I should have, which was to use my front edge. So if you think of a snowboard, you know, if you were to lift your toes up and be resting on your heels, that'd be like your back edge. If you're on your tippy toes, that's your front edge. Well, if you're good, you know, if you're good at snowboarding, you alternate between those two and that's how you ride down. Rather than do that, I would just 
stay on my heels and then go, you know, flat and then go on my heels. It was kind of tiring. And so I picked, you know, as we started going, I have been learning to do that. But it's been fun and it's been more enjoyable, like, just to snowboard. I don't think I get as tired as often or as easy. And it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, he's doing amazing. He looks good doing it. Whatever. Yeah, but everyone who... I'm like, this is Kayla's third time. And they're always like, are you kidding me? She's incredible. And she just licked my elbow. Sometimes you can't tell. (laughs) Well, I did, and I wanted our audience to know. All right, well, I think that brings us to an end. Yeah, that's a good... Well, not a good... I don't know if that's a good place to stop, but it's a stopping place. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. I'm in a, I'm in a tender-hearted mood right now. So for those of you that do listen, we we really appreciate it. We have fun doing this and hearing people that say, you know, hey, we listened. It, it means a lot to us. So it really does. We yeah. love to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram. Yep. And see you on the flippity flip.